Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Church, I'm excited for the preaching time right now, and I've so enjoyed preaching lately. And uh, hey, after preaching about him a little bit um, and, and reading some more of Daniel, I was initially planning tonight to unpack a little bit more of the life of King Nebuchadnezzar in a message called I Would Nezzar. Um, but I'm going to save that, and I've pivoted, and I'm very excited to preach tonight all about being born again <laughs> and what the Bible teaches about being born again. And so my message tonight is called, One of Those Born Agains. That's what it's called. Who, any of those here tonight? Yeah. Couple of born agains in the house? Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's pray and let's just invite God to speak to us. Father, thank You for tonight. And Lord, we're so grateful for our church. We're so grateful, Lord, that You've placed us here and for all that You're doing in our church and God, what You're doing in us. And Father, we just invite You to speak to us right now in this time. Lord, as we get under Your Word, we just pray, Father, do a work in us. Change us, God. Speak to us. Help us to become who You've called us to be. Continue to break off the old, Lord God. Continue to break off the things that are not of You so that, Lord, we can leave tonight and continue to walk in. Father, the plan that you have for us in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 We're going to read 1 Peter verse 1, uh, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. And it's going to come up on the screen for us tonight. And this passage is titled, Born Again to a Living Hope. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Feel free to say amen or dance in the aisle or something. Let me just read the, the, the first bit again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I don't know if anyone here has had this experience before, but when you share with somebody that you're a Christian, sometimes people follow that up with a question of, what kind of Christian are you? When you share that you go to a church, it's often followed up with a question of what kind of church is it that you go to? I had a, someone ask me recently, uh, do you go to a happy clappy church? And I proceeded to tell them that when I'm there, I, I certainly am happy. 
And on any given Sunday, I'm doing a fair bit of clappy. So in that sense, yeah. Someone asked me, do you go to one of those young people's churches? Any young people here tonight? That's what I told them. They said, do you go to a young people church? I said, yeah. Like, but absolutely. And sometimes when people hear that you go to a happy, clappy, young people type church, I've had this happen on a few occasions and actually had it happen recently. Someone said to me, are you one of those born agains? Has anyone been asked that before? Are you one of those born agains? Now, as a kid, I remember being in school and people asking me that, teachers, you know, they knew that my parents were pastors and they would sometimes ask, you know, what kind of church is it? What kind of pastor is your dad? And sometimes they would say, are you one of those born agains? And as a kid, I didn't know what to do with that question. I said, I'm not sure. But my understanding of the concept of being born again began from a song that in fact was written and produced by the church that my mum and dad planted in England. Now this song came out in 1998 and so I was five years old and I remember, we're going to show the front cover in a, sec in a second, but on the back of it, uh, Nathan and Sean were a part of the cover art on the back with the song list. I didn't make the cut, I don't know why, that's all right. <laughs> in the past but on this album there was a song called Born Again and as all pastors kids do me Sean and Nath would like get the keyboard pots and pans and do this song perform this song we're singing about how we're born again except I had no concept of what that meant but let me show you this song there's a couple of profound lyrics in there one about Humpty Dumpty see if you can hear it but this is from 1998 from London Christian Life Centre, uh, the church that I grew up going to in England. Let's have a little listen to the song. Was anyone feeling that? A couple of people feeling that? It started off a bit flat, but I saw a few things moving. It was, it was a little difficult to hear, but the words are J-E-S-U-S, -S, you're blessed. And then just this loop of you've been born again. So I remember as a kid, we would just like jam that for ages. And like even recently we jammed it, you know, it's like... It's just one of those songs that, that was like so catchy back then. But one of the lyrics was, if I was Humpty Dumpty, then he made me whole. That really resonates with me. Um, I don't know about you. But um, <laughs> my concept of being born again was like very thin. Now, as an adult, when someone asks me, Am, are you one of those born agains? My answer is 100% I am one of those born agains. Now, why do I say that? It's because I've been born again. Why do I tell people I'm one of those born agains? I've been born again. In my need, in my sin, in my inability, on the road to death and destruction, on a highway to hell, God reached out to me. He gave me new birth by His Spirit. 
God put faith in me. He opened the eyes of my heart. He took the scales off my eyes. He transformed me from death to life. I became a new creation. The old went, the new came. I was forgiven, I was set free, salvation entered into my soul and it's no longer I that live but Christ that lives in me. I was born of the flesh but in 2005 I was also born of the Spirit again. I am one of those born agains. Anyone else in the house tonight? So let's read some more Scripture about this together. We're going to read John 3, uh, verse 1 to 21. It's a long passage, but it's the only way that everything will make sense uh, if we read the whole section together. So let's read it together. John 3, 1 to 21. This is Jesus teaches Nicodemus, which if anyone's having a baby boy soon, another great name right there. John 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. True. (laughs) Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Um, I'm going to do a part two of this message, which is about wind and water, because there's a lot of complexity to this passage around those sorts of analogies. So we'll do that at another time. This is the first time I'm not delegating it to Pastor Luke. I will cover that in another message. (laughs) Verse 9. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Here we go, the most famous passage perhaps of Scripture. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Verse 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. How real is that passage? Let's read it again. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. (sighs) But whoever lives by the truth 
comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Born again, new birth. I'm not born into it by natural birth. We're not born into it by who our family is or who our family isn't. We're not born into it by religious activity. Where I've been, what I've done, what's been done for me, what's been done to me. But we are born into it by the Spirit of God. Born of the Spirit. Um, J.C. Ryle, he's a very famous bishop from the 1800s in the UK. I love this um, teaching that he did on on being born again. I'm going to read the quote to you. It's going to come up on the screen. It says, To be born again is, as it were, to enter upon a new existence. Listen to this, to have a new mind, a new heart, new views, new principles, new tastes, new affections, new likings, new dislikings, new fears, new joys, new sorrows, new love to things once hated, new hatred to things once loved. Praise God. New thoughts of God and ourselves and the world and the life to come and salvation. What doesn't change? He just said everything. He didn't mention your hairstyle, but everything else is going to change. The Bible teaches us, everybody, that no one can say Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. At confession, so at conversion, the Spirit is at work in you. The Spirit is at work in you. Um, I was listening to a message recently by Pastor John Piper and I like this sentence. He said, Faith is the evidence of new birth, not the cause of it. Faith is the evidence of new birth, not the cause of it, because the faith is granted by God. When we're born again by the Spirit of God, it's the supernatural beginning of new spiritual life. And it's created through connection with Jesus. So I've got two points. Being born again means new life here and life forever. This list is not exhaustive, but just these two things for tonight. Being born again means new life here and life forever. So new life here, this side of eternity, for believers, this side of heaven, we become a new creation. The Bible tells us that we are made like new again. We become like a child again, like an infant again. And then we start doing things like starting point and we, we, we go back to basics and we're like, but I'm 35 years old. But in the kingdom of God, maturity has to do with obedience to God rather than elapsed time. And so we come to God and we're made new like a child and we begin this incredible new journey again where God transforms everything about us. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is one of my favourite passages. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. When you become the righteousness of God, you look completely different to how you did before. 
a new creation. I love the picture of being washed, being cleansed, back to factory settings. Because what begins to happen, what is released to you is this capacity to even become who God desires you to be. New thinking. You can begin to be transformed by the renewing of your mind where your thoughts, your opinions, your perspective, they're reset to God's way. You can return to right thinking about you and your value. I don't know about you, but when I get new shoes... For the first three weeks, I take them off properly. I undo the laces, get the tongue loose, take my foot off by the heel. I put it into a box or in, into the, the right spot in the shelf. After three weeks, it's like, <laughs> kick it off, fling it. Hits a stray cat, you know, it's just like wild. And the, the same is true as a drummer with when you buy new drum equipment. The first couple of weeks, it's like any dust in it and wiping it off. Someone else plays it. I'm like, softly, softly. But then give it three weeks and like we're at youth, just like waters on it, spray paint, just smashing it, absolutely beating it. We look after things less when we see them as old or invaluable or damaged. God wants to change your condition and your thinking on yourself and your condition. Some of you are treating yourselves like the old shoes, like the old symbol. I'm old, I'm not as valuable anymore, I'm damaged goods. But when we are transformed, when we're born again, God gives us right view of Him and ourselves and our value. It's entrusted to us by God. Right thinking. Ephesians 4 verse 22, this is gonna come up for us as well. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And verse 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There is an old self and there's a new self. God wants to take your old self and get rid of it and give you a new self, which as the Scripture said, is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, The book of Isaiah has a great passage and there's a beautiful song about it where it says, though your sins are like scarlet, bright red, obvious, they shall be white as snow. When we are born again, we supernaturally receive the power to go again. When we're born again, we supernaturally receive power to go again. Because thank God, we serve a God who is the God. That's a lot of the word God, but He's the God of the second chance. We cannot out-sin the grace of God. And you can receive new birth no matter what you've done. That's incredible news for somebody. No matter what you've done, you can be born again. No matter what's been done to you, because of the love of God and the power of God, you can go again. You can go again in life and in walking into purpose and in walking into godliness in the name of Jesus. You know, there's people in the Bible who had the opportunity to go again because of the work of Christ and the power of God. You look at the Apostle Peter. He denies Jesus three times at the point when Jesus needed him the most. 
Jesus restores him. And then Peter goes on to do incredible things for God. Same with Jonah. Jonah gets a second chance. He runs away from a missions trip. Anyone else done that before? Anyway, runs away from a missions trip. God goes and gets him. And look, we don't know how into it Jonah was because God had to put him in a fish, but Jonah was still used to bring revival to a city. The Apostle Paul was someone who persecuted Christians. He has an encounter with Jesus, experiences the power of God and gets a second chance. His whole life changes. And Moses, Moses, he murders somebody, runs away from Egypt, yet God finds him, sends him back, a different man and and on a different mission. We serve the God of the second chance, everybody. And actually, the third chance and the fourth chance and however many chances you need until you get to glory, He's gracious and merciful. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Everybody, God can use anything. Now I want to encourage you, don't abuse that. Because sometimes we oversay that. And we roll it in with everything happens for a reason. And that's true. But sometimes they're really stupid reasons. Like, I wasn't thinking. Or I couldn't wait. Or I'd had too many beers. Sometimes they're the reasons, right? We can create chaos with our choices. And then we say, God will use it. And as Pastor Jared so eloquently says, he'll have to. But everybody, God can use anything. Praise God, that's good news. God can use anything. Because of new birth, that's what the work of God does. He turns things around. And I like what Joseph says to his brothers in Genesis. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. Born again, you can know that that which once hurt you can now help you and potentially heal others. God can work it for good. That's the power of being born of the Spirit. What was not possible before is now possible in God. Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. Pastor Josh Green would use this last week. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. When you're born again, God takes our sin, He throws it as far as the east is from the west and remembers it no more. Born again, you're a new creation. This side of eternity, you're made brand spanking new. Lamentations 3.22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for His compassions never fail. Verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Everybody, His mercies are new every morning. His mercy begins afresh every morning. When we're born again, we gain new spiritual awareness of our sin and our need for repentance. 
When we're born again, we gain new spiritual awareness of our sin and of our need for repentance. Joel 2 verse 12 in the Amplified says, Even now, says the Lord, turn and come to me with all your heart in genuine repentance, with fasting and weeping and mourning until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. When we're born again, we get an awareness of our desperate need for God. It's like in a moment, things that you thought were okay are now not okay. And things that you were happy to do are now not, you're not happy to do them. And you have this new desire, this new drive, this new passion to pursue God. And it's fueled by the Spirit, but fueled by His kindness. The Bible tells us it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So what happens is in God's kindness, in His love, we're born of the Spirit. New awareness comes and it drives us to repentance. Great godly change where that new creation we're becoming gets sped up by a hundred. And it's like you're a completely different person after only a few months of war walking in this born again power. Born again. This suggests that it's not an improvement. It's brand new. It's like an epic renovation. I don't know if you've ever been into a house that's been really renovated and you say to the person, is this even the same house? And they say, well, the doormat's the same. And you're like, well, that's not the house, but that's, that's the trimmings. And it is like that with when you're born again, everything changes. When you go to an epically renovated house and you say, is this even the same house? And they say, yes, we've used the old roof as the letterbox. And you're like, oh yeah, that's... Reshaped, repurposed, rebuilt, brand new. God doesn't just want to repaint the exterior. He wants to bulldoze the house, redo the foundations and build again. That is why you can become born again. And within six months, people are like, are you even the same person? And you say, the doormat's the same. I've repurposed some things. Now it's a letterbox. They're like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about. But it's like when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, things of the Spirit have to be entrusted by the Spirit. People don't understand what's going on. When you're going through a spiritual transformation, people are like, something's wrong with you. And people that are in the flesh, they can't understand it. And you could be telling somebody about the godly things that are happening in your life and you might as well be talking in French. But it's because you're talking about things revealed by the Spirit to someone that hasn't had it revealed. That is the power of being born again. What I could not see before, I now do. What I could not believe before, I now do. What I could not step into before, I now do. It's entrusted by God. It's like returning food at a restaurant when it's over or undercooked. <laughs> <laughs> or you get the wrong sauce. Isn't it the best when they come back and they say, we're so sorry, sir, this is a brand new one. That's better than when you, they take the undercooked steak and they come back and they say, we took the liberty, sir, of warming it up in Le Micro. And you say, look, I appreciate that you've, you've tried to improve it, but what would have been better is a whole new one. Don't settle for your life just being a little bit warmed up by your faith. Don't settle for, my life's just a little bit affected by Christianity. Your faith in Christ, your participation in His house should look like a brand new meal. You should be looking radically different. And if you're not, there's either something wrong with the preaching. <laughs> you didn't have to, not everyone had to laugh. Or there's something wrong with me. 
Well, I'm the preacher, so uh, anyway, that sounded bad. But listen, we've got a great part to play in partnering with the work of God. I truly believe nothing can stop the work of God in my life except me. And nothing can stop the work of God in your life except you. Part of it is not settling. You should be experiencing transformative supernatural power from God and His Word. If you're not, if you're not, get frustrated about why you're not. Don't sit down and be like, oh, it's just a season. Don't do it. Because before you know it, 17 years of a season, and then it really becomes the preacher's fault. Born again, new birth, new life and life forever. I just get the worship team to join me. Gonna read one last passage. It's in Titus 3 verse one. It says this, remind the people, this is what I'm doing. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and always to be gentle toward everyone. Here's the important part. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Doesn't the Bible just continue to paint the clearest picture of society? I feel like I read stuff and I'm like, this is for 2023. But people were saying that in 1999 because it's, it's not the story of years or of culture, it's the story of people. And the absence of God and the presence of people. Verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. The hope of eternal life. Great quote from Timothy Keller. He said, to be born again means that suddenly spiritual realities that you could not sense before that were either invisible to you or maybe you'd say inaudible to you Suddenly, you can sense them because you are given a new sensibility. Suddenly, spiritual realities that you could not sense before, you now can. Everybody, a new sense of eternity, a new awareness of eternity. You know, the Bible tells us that God has set eternity on the hearts of man. God has set eternity on the hearts of man. Don't sit comfortably on unanswered questions about eternity. Don't sit comfortably on unanswered questions about eternity. I think the only way that that doesn't hurt you is to force yourself to see everything as meaningless or to busy yourself with distractions. The only way you can comfortably sit on unanswered questions about eternity, what do I mean by that? What happens after death? Where do my loved ones go? What happens when I pass away? The only way you can sit on those questions comfortably, unanswered, is because you force yourself to see everything as meaningless. There'll be people here tonight, you have forced yourself and your belief system and your worldview to attribute nothingness to everything. 
everything's happenings and randomness and accidents. Or you just busy yourself with distractions. But everybody, God has set eternity on your heart. You can have eternity in heaven with God the Father in paradise, not because of something that you do, but because of something that you can receive. Don't sit on unanswered questions about eternity. God wants to birth you by His Spirit into a new spiritual awareness on eternity, that you can spend it with Him in paradise, with God the Father, not by something that you do, but by something that you can receive. Everybody, you need to be born again. You must be born again. I just believe that even right now, for some of you in the room, God is depositing faith into your spirit. You came here without it, but I'm just believing by the work of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural work of God, He's depositing faith in your spirit. He's wanting to lift the scales off your eyes. He's wanting to lift the cloud off your spirit and your soul. I just believe right now, God, Holy Spirit, deposit faith in unbelievers. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.